All right, guys, talking about compassion. Um, as you guys um, might or might not know, talking about compassion this week as we work through the prayer covenant. Um, and this is one of those things I, I want to start off by saying, like, don't have it down whatsoever. Don't have it down. So I thought I'd start off with a little story uh, to just show you, like, how sucky I am when it comes to compassion. Um, so my, pa- my parents um, are, are people uh, many times throughout my life that have shown compassion and hospitality. Uh, hospitality? Hospitality. There we go. Different word there. I don't even think that's the word. Hospitality? Anyways, hospitality uh, to people on many occasions. They're the kind of people um, that meet waiters and waitresses at restaurants, build a relationship with them, and next thing you know, those people are at our house for Thanksgiving dinner. Not a joke. That's actually happened. Uh, They're the kind of people that uh, dad picks up a hitchhiker on the way home from work. A couple weeks later, the hitchhiker and family in tow are at our house for family dinner. And this has happened many times throughout my life. And I've always been a little bit like, oh, this is kind of like uncomfortable. This is kind of weird. And I remember specifically a, a number of years ago now, uh, it was Christmas uh, season. And there, the, there's this older couple that live outside of the town that I'm from uh, or that I grew up in in, in Alberta. Um, an older couple. I don't even know how my parents got to know them uh, to start with. But uh, my parents like kind of built a relationship with them. And, and they would call my parents randomly in the evenings just to chat, just to like, use phones how they used to be used for. And, uh, and I remember uh, my parents' hearts were like kind of broken for them because they didn't have much for friends or family. They weren't very well off. The place they lived in was quite run down and, and pretty old. Uh, and it was, it was around Christmas time. And my parents asked me and my siblings, they're like, how would you guys feel if we invited these people over for Christmas dinner? And I'd love to be able to tell you that I, I said, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's Let's take this opportunity to show the love of Jesus, to show compassion on these people who are needy, who don't have people to be around at Christmas time. But the truth is, I didn't say that. The truth is, I said, no, Christmas Day is for our family. Christmas Day is for time to spend with our people. It's not to bring other people into that. It's for our family. And now, I'm embarrassed to even tell you that story because it really reveals the reality of the lack of compassion that exists within my heart. And I'd love to tell you that I'm different now, that that was a number of years ago. And though maybe my lack of compassion isn't as blatant as it once was, I still have a lack of compassion in my heart. And I see it when I look at how crazy our world is today. You guys know, especially in the last six months, how crazy our world has been. I look at the, the evil, the sin, the hate, the racism, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's going on all over our world. And rather than feeling compassion and rather than feeling my heart uh, broken for what's going on, I often find myself frustrated. I often find myself angry and feeling like there needs to be justice. There needs to be justice. Somebody needs to pay for this world. You've brought this on yourself. You need to deal with this. I feel like my definition of justice needs to be seen in the world. I have a lack of compassion for what's going on in our world so often. And to tell you the truth, by the looks of my brothers and sisters in Christ, at least uh, from what I see through social media, uh, it looks like often our church engages in the outrage that's going on in our world. Engages in the outrage and feels like 
their definition of justice needs to be seen in this world. Rather than seeking the compassion of God, I think so often our church seeks their definition of what justice should be and feels the need to share that and communicate that and let people know that. I don't know what the point was where we figured that we were the instigators of what's fair and what's justice and and judgment. Uh, I don't really see that in scripture. I see us called to be people of compassion, to be people of love, not people that lay the hammer down. That's not really our job, I don't think. I do think we have a a sense of compassion when it comes to those that it's easy to show compassion for. I think we do have a sense of compassion when it comes to the victims, the ones that are obviously the ones that have been abused. I think it's easy for us to show compassion for our friends and our family, our loved ones, those that are close to us, but I don't think we show compassion the way that God shows compassion. Because I believe the, the, the compassion of God shows love to even the adversaries. I think he shows love and compassion to even those that instigate things in our society and in our world. I wonder if we feel the compassion that God feels. I wonder if we feel the compassion for those individuals that are the furthest from God, the ones that are ignorant, the ones that are prideful, the ones that are uh, the furthest spiritually from God. Do we show them compassion? What What does that look like? When I look at the compassion of God in Scripture, I'm overwhelmed by the gap between the compassion that I know I have within my heart and the compassion that he has and the compassion that he shows over and over and over again. And I I don't think that that gap can be closed by me. I don't think that the gap between his compassion and my compassion can be closed by my will or me mustering something up. I don't think I can work hard enough to get there. But I believe that We need God to empower us, God to enable us to love people, to show people the compassion that he has. Because I know I can't muster that up. We're looking in the book of Jonah today. So you guys can flip there if you have your Bibles. Um, I I think a lot of you guys probably know the story pretty good, um, but I'll do a, a quick recap here. Book here, uh, it's about prophet Jonah, obviously, uh, who who actually despises God because God shows compassion on his enemies. The book of Jonah reveals to us our worst as 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 humans, our worst character traits, and really reveals the extent of God's love and compassion for those that don't we would deem as not deserving it. So in chapter one of Jonah, we read. Uh, God calls Jonah. He said, go to these people, tell them um, that if they don't change their ways, like there's impending doom, judgment is coming. Um, But Jonah runs uh, to Tarshish. He gets on a boat, tries to flee. In chapter one, he gets swallowed by the fish. um, And then he's spat on to dry land. You guys know that part. Chapter two, he prays to God. Um, And chapter three uh, is where we see, okay, he finally begrudgingly goes uh, to Nineveh to tell the people there um, that if they don't repent, they'll be overthrown. And the people do. In chapter three, we see the people do. Chapter four uh, is where we see Jonah. He's angry with the Lord for his compassion. And that's where we're going to kind of pick up. Actually, last verse of chapter uh, last verse of chapter three, and then I'm going to read through chapter four. So chapter three, verse 10. 
When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. Uh, Chapter four, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah, Jonah went out to the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it uh, in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God, is, God, <clears throat> but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. He's a major baby. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And you should not, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. Can't forget the cattle. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the book of Jonah ultimately is ending with the question. We don't really hear what uh, Jonah says uh, in response to God, but it ultimately ends with the question, Are you okay with God loving your enemies? Jonah saw the Ninevites as a a city of evil people, uh, a city filled with sin, idolatry, and the reality is, is a lot of those things were true. But God had a different opinion than Jonah did when it came to the justice that they deserved. Jonah showed no compassion for the people. He had no compassion for the people. But we are called to show love and compassion even for our worst enemies. In Matthew 5.44, we read, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How do we do this? How do we show compassion to even the worst? And I believe compassion requires uh, three things from us. I, I believe compassion requires our head, our hands, and our heart. And we're not talking about omega, but I believe it requires those three components of our beings. I believe it requires our head. It requires uh, an understanding of the brokenness that exists in the world. I don't think that compassion would even be needed if our world wasn't broken. I don't think compassion would exist if our world wasn't broken, because why would we need to be compassionate if we were all whole beings? I believe that compassion requires a healthy theological understanding of pain, of sin, of the brokenness that exists in our world. In the story of Jonah, I do think Jonah grasped that, but I think that understanding of the brokenness and sin in the world allowed him, it it actually fueled his frustration and it fueled his anger towards God and towards the people of Nineveh. Compassion requires us, requires our head. It requires us to understand 
the brokenness that exists, to understand the gap between God and where we are, where our world is and what God had initially intended or planned it to, uh, to look like. We look at Jesus, multiple accounts. He recognizes the brokenness that exists in people. We look at Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Mark 6, 34, Jesus said, uh, sorry, when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. The world is broken. People are lost like, like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus saw the brokenness that existed in our world. I think uh, we can assume because we're at Bible college, because we're sitting here right now, we can assume that, oh yeah, we have an understanding of the brokenness that exists in the world. We have a good theology of pain and of suffering, but I think it is easy for us to isolate ourselves from the reality of how broken the world is. I think the brokenness of the world can be treated as like keeping it a little bit at a distance from ourselves. I think sometimes we get so focused on our lives and our thing and our, our church and our lead, the leadership in our church and, and how it's going. I think we forget about the reality of the brokenness that exists outside of it. The brokenness that exists in our world all around us. And I, I want to challenge you guys, just because you're at Bible college, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you fully comprehend how broken and how hurting our world is. I think it's something we always need to be reminded about. I think it's something we sometimes need to look at and, and actually reflect on. To be reminded, to not take the detour around Hastings Street, but sometimes to drive right through it. To not unfollow all the people on your social media accounts that are uh, very obvious atheists or believe different things than you, but actually to look at that and see, like, this is the reality of our world. We need to understand the brokenness of our world. The second piece we need, compassion requires our, our hands. Compassion requires our involvement. Sometimes I think we treat compassion just like a feeling or an emotion, but it is a lot more than that. It is our active participation. It's our active involvement. And we see Jonah here. This is the part that he ran from. He actually distanced himself from the hands component. We see two times he distances himself First, at the beginning, when he's initially called, uh, he runs to Tarshish. He's like, no, I, like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to show compassion. And then secondly, when he finally does go, he meets the bare minimum, says what he needs to say, is, and then he dips out of the city from a distance, observes what's going to happen. He distances himself. And I think sometimes we also distance ourselves. The action, the hands component of our compassion can be lacking because we view it just as something we're supposed to feel or an emotion, but the reality is that compassion should draw you closer to people. I served at a, a street ministry uh, a couple of years while I was here at Summit. Um, it was like a, a street outreach for, for homeless people and uh, people that were on the streets or not well off. And there was a man that served there. Every night I went, he was serving. He was an older man. I, I, for the sake of the story, we'll, we'll call him Ben. And uh, and Ben would seem from the outside like one of those guys that just like serves hard, that is, has a heart of compassion, was there before we arrived and was there typically after we left. He was there not only on the nights we were there, but other nights of the week. And I think, again, from the outside, it would appear that this guy is a compassionate guy. He distributed food. He distributed clothes, helped facilitate things and make sure things were running. But when I 
watched him and I watched the way he actually interacted when it came to the personal encounters with people, the opportunities to actually speak into people's lives, he fell short. His interaction with people did not express to me an actual heart of compassion. Because I, I think what it was is that he was committed to the duty of being compassionate. He was committed to the hands component, but I think there was a heart piece that was missing there. I think it's, and I don't know his heart. I don't, I don't know where he was at, but from the outside, that was the appearance of what was going on there. And I, I think for ourselves, I think we can sometimes focus on knowing our world is broken. Sometimes we can focus on the hands component. We can uh, go and serve. We can go and do things out of a sense of obligation or a sense of duty or a requirement. This is where I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to serve at my youth ministry this night of the week. I'm supposed to, my, my Omega program requires me to do these things. We can do it out of a sense of duty or obligation, but I think sometimes we lack an actual heart of compassion. We are to be people of compassion, of, of love. It's supposed to look like God's compassion, God's love looks. In Luke, or sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we can't only understand the hands component. We need to understand something more than that, and that's the heart component of compassion. It's more than just understanding the brokenness. It's more than just having willing hands. Uh, We need something to happen within our hearts. And I don't think this is what, I don't think Jonah really got this part of compassion. I think he missed out on this. He didn't want to understand God's heart. He was caught up with his own dislikes and opinions and wouldn't take time to reflect on what God's opinion was on the Ninevites. I think sometimes uh, we don't actually want to align our hearts with God's either. I think we get so angry and frustrated and and roweled up uh, and we almost assume what God's heart is. We almost assume what he thinks on things. We almost assume what his justice should look like. And I think ultimately that's because we're focused uh, more on ourselves and our opinions and our desires. And I think that uh, God has a lot more justice or sorry, a lot more compassion for people Uh, the people that we sometimes think don't deserve any compassion. Luke 6, 36 says, be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. To be compassionate like our father requires our heart to be moved by our father. I think the best example that we can look at um, when it comes to compassion is in Luke 23, 34, just a little bit later. Luke 23, 34, Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's just been put on the cross, been betrayed, been sacrificed by the people who he loved. And some of his final words are, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That's compassion. To forgive those that just sacrificed you after you gave yourself to them, to not only do that, but to actually advocate for them, Father, forgive them, that's compassion. I know that my heart isn't even, it's not even close to that. The love that I have in my heart isn't even remotely close to that. To forgive those 
that are my worst enemies or would seem to be my worst enemies. Yeah, my heart's not even remotely close to that. But I do believe that God can empower us to have that kind of love. I believe that only he can empower us to have that kind of love for people. To truly break our hearts for what breaks his deeply moved by human suffering, I think comes from being moved by God, to be moved by the pain of others, to embrace the hurting, to participate in the relieving of suffering in our world, I think only comes if God has been allowed to move our hearts to a place of compassion, not just an intellectual understanding of the brokenness in our world, not just going and serving with our hands, but actually being moved in our heart. Has your heart been moved by compassion? Or do you express compassion out of sense of obligation or duty? I'm going to invite you guys back up the band. The only reason I'm able to even stand up here right now is because God's because of God's compassion on me. The only reason I'm able to be where I'm at in my life, any of the good things that I have is because of God's compassion on my life. The only reason you guys are able to sit in this place right now is because of God's compassion. None of us deserve this. None of us deserve to, to really be here, I, I don't believe, but it's because we have experienced God's compassion. And because we have experienced God's compassion, we are therefore to go and be people of compassion in this world. Because we have experienced God's compassion, we are therefore to be people of compassion in this world. In our brokenness, though, though we are broken, that actually enables us to be compassionate to the others that are broken. I think if we were perfect, it would be a lot more challenging to actually be people of compassion. But because we are imperfect, because we have fallen short, we are therefore able to show compassion and love to those that are also the same as us. Our world is broken and in need of love and compassion. We have the opportunity to be people of compassion in this world, to invite those lonely people into our homes for Christmas dinners, to go out of our way to be with the outcasts of our society, to get, engage with the adversaries, the ones that are the most offensive, and to show those individuals the love of God, what compassion looks like. There's a world that needs that love and needs that compassion that the Father has shown us. People of spiritual brokenness, emotional brokenness, people of physical brokenness all over the world. I think if, if we are people whose hearts are moved by compassion, I think there's a couple things that will happen. I think first off, we'll see greater transformation. I think if we're not just people that compassion looks like just us doing our duties, doing things that we're, we feel obligated or required to do, I think we'll actually see genuine transformation in, in people's lives because our service, our ministry is coming out of something that's genuine. It's coming out of something that God's actually done in our hearts. And there's an authenticity that I think comes with that. So I think greater transformation will happen in other people's lives. And I also think there will be greater motivation in us. I know from personal experience, it's hard to operate 
It's hard to serve when it's only up here. It's hard to continue to be compassionate on a daily basis regularly when it's all up here. But I think that if it's moved down here into our hearts, I think longevity comes. I think there's a spark that comes to our ministry that will last significantly longer. And maybe some of us in here are only operating out of that obligation or out of that sense of duty all up here. And, and honestly, guys, I don't think there's anything like wrong with that as long as you're seeking God to empower you to love others. I think it's a process of growing compassion within our hearts. And I think that that process really only comes if we continue to ask God to empower us to love the way that he loves. Because you guys can't muster that up. I can't muster that up. But God can build that and, and, and put that into your heart. And so we're going to pray here to, to have the kind of compassion that Jesus has to ask him to empower us. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause here for a sec. They can keep playing for, for a minute uh, without singing yet, maybe. Um, and I, I want you guys to each pray on your own um, that God would empower you to have that love. And then I will pray and then we'll sing a song and, and, and close it off here. So take a few moments and pray uh, over your own heart. Lord, thank you for your compassion. Thank you for the mercy that you've extended to each of us. For your goodness, despite the fact that we didn't deserve your compassion, despite the fact that some would maybe deem us as the Nineveh, that you've extended your compassion and you continue to do so on a daily basis, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for the model that you've given us through your son, Jesus, the model of compassion. Lord, I pray that each one of us standing or sitting in this chapel right now would be impacted by that truth of your scripture this morning, that we would be challenged to be people of compassion, not just people that understand it in our head or not just people that go through the motions, but we would be people that are impacted in our hearts. They're empowered by you to love people the way that you love people. And Lord, we pray that this wouldn't just be a, a once and done prayer, but this would be something that we are continuously seeking after, continuously seeking to be people of greater love, to be people of greater compassion. And we know, Lord, that as we continue to seek you, Father, as you continue to align our hearts with your heart, we'll see people's lives changed. That's why we're sitting in this chapel right now, because we want to see people's lives changed. We want to see difference in this world. We want to see our world changed. And so I pray that we would be people that first go to compassion before a sense of trying to implement justice or what we think is fair, Lord. But I pray that we'd be first uh, responding with a sense of compassion. 
this be a reality of this college's culture, that it would impact us in the way we interact here on this campus, but it would go before us as we leave this campus, as we go into our ministries, as we go into our interactions with those off this campus. Father, I pray that we would be examples of compassion, Lord. Lord, empower us to love people the way that you love us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.